0: Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. As a reminder, every Wednesday I drop an episode, which is an unscripted, unedited, unproduced coaching session between me and somebody I've never met, and you get to really be a fly on the wall for a coaching session, and then every Saturday I drop something called Coach's Corner, where I interview another expert, someone who I find interesting, or I just chat with you about something. So today's a coaching episode and an important one, especially for any of you who identify to... Being a people pleaser or really like to avoid conflict or just kind of shrug things off, but internalize things. It is so important not to brush things under the rug in relationships. And you'll hear in my call with Angela today, she's looking for clarity about why she has these patterns in relationship and why she's frustrated and why she gets triggered And what we arrive at is because there's a lot that's been brushed under the rug and she's not really using her voice and standing in her power in her relationship and and in her life. You know, when we aren't standing in our power in relationships, romantic relationships or otherwise, we're really not standing in our power in our life. When I say standing in our power, maybe I should say standing in our empowerment because sometimes that word power may be associated with being oppressive or not caring about other people's needs or not being sensitive, or being selfish. That's not really what standing in our power or empowerment is about. It's about really being in our truth, not speaking our truth at the expense of somebody else. I think there's a way to deliver truth and love together. When I deliver something that's hard or something that may be difficult for someone to hear, I, I do it with love. But at the same time, I know sometimes my truth may upset someone and that's not my responsibility. As long as I'm not blaming them, as long as I'm taking responsibility for my side of the street, and as long as I'm communicating it in the most loving way I possibly can. But I know for me, some people have delivered their truth for me and it hurts sometimes because I've had to look at how I'm not showing up so great as a friend or a wife or a daughter or sister or or whatever it is. So yes, sometimes speaking our truth can upset others or can quote unquote hurt, but if it's done with love, if it's done with honesty, if we do it after we take responsibility for our side of the street, then oftentimes the other person can hear it and they may be hurt or personalize it initially, but it can also lead to their growth and the growth of the relationship. Standing in our power or empowerment, use whatever word works for you, also means... Not time traveling, really being able to regulate our nervous system. So, there are so many times as children where we were totally disempowered, where we didn't have a voice. And that leads to a feeling and a pattern of disempowerment in our adulthood. So, when we're in our power, we're in present day, we're taking care of our inner child, our nervous system isn't activated. We aren't in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, which are the nervous system responses. When we get really triggered, we either want to fight and become aggressive. We want to run, we freeze and can't do anything, or we fawn. We go into behavior to try to appease whoever is scaring us. So again, being in our power doesn't mean being oppressive. It doesn't mean being a jerk. It doesn't mean not caring for the sensitivity of others. It means speaking our truth with love, but even more so being in our present day being in our adult self, being able to speak up for ourselves, take care of our needs and not time travel and go into a nervous system response and amygdala response, basically. So this will become a lot more clear as you listen to my call with Angela. I also want to remind you that we are in enrollment for our Elementum Coaching Institute. That's the coaching institute I run with Steph and our colleagues, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. It is an incredible coaching certification program. We extended it from six months to nine months this year. You will be so supported with faculty, TAs, us. It's a mix of really learning the best of the best when it comes to coaching material. We, the four of us took everything we've learned over the last cumulative almost 60 years that we've spent hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars on our own training and compiled it into one curriculum. And then it's also your own personal development program because we believe that in order to be an amazing coach, just an amazing human, you can't just learn tools. You have to embody tools. So you're practicing your your own client as much as you are a coach. You work on a master project throughout the year. It is a really comprehensive, intense, but in a good way, totally doable program. And it's starting mid-March it's also the only program I'm going to be working on live this year because, as you know, I'm having a baby in March and taking some time off of maternity leave, not doing a lot of live programs anymore. Well, not anymore for, for 2022. But Elementum is where I am going to be teaching live, doing the QA, all that kind of stuff. So, for those of you who are like, wait, but are you in this program? Yes, I definitely am. So, go to Elementum Coaching Institute. .com to apply. We are going to be doing another webinar on February 10th, so I'll be emailing about that. It's another free webinar and in our webinars we usually give some kind of discount to those people who stayed to the end of the webinar. So if you're on the fence, you want to learn more, mark your calendar for February 10th. Look out for an email from me about how to register for that free webinar where you can learn more. I'm really passionate about Elementum. It's so much fun to teach and to really train coaches. And that's where I really am excited to put a lot of my time and energy because you know, I've been doing this since 2004. And I feel one of the best ways I can contribute is, of course, doing this show. I love doing this show and I love doing the work that I do in my own career. And I really feel this massive call to train the next generation of coaches. And by generation, I don't mean necessarily people younger, because you could be 60 and starting your <laughs> coaching practice but really, this next generation of coaches, the, the coaches that are really stepping into you know, a different kind of coaching. And also, one more thing, it, Elementum isn't just for people that want to be coaches. It's for people that really are interested in personal development, want to learn better tools and skills, and maybe don't want to have a career as a coach, but want to have better leadership and embodiment and integration in all aspects of their life. So we had a lot of people that said, hey, I don't want to be a coach necessarily, But in my career, I I definitely speak or I lead some people or I manage some people or want to better my relationship. And so they took the program for those reasons. So again, elementumcoachinginstitute.com and that link will be in the show notes. All right. So let's get to the episode. As you are listening to this call with Angela, consider, do you get constantly triggered in your relationship and keep having similar arguments and wonder why? Did you grow up in a home where your needs weren't really met, your gifts were suppressed, and you really couldn't speak up for yourself or felt like you had any power. Are you someone that is great at confrontation or do you get kind of scared about it, don't like conflict and wanna avoid it at all costs? And finally, when you're in a situation where reactivity or frustration is coming at you, what happens? Do you fight, flight, freeze, or fawn? Or can you respond in a regulated way? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Angela, Angela, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have been struggling so much with my family. Mm-hmm. I um my nuclear family, I should clarify. So I'm in a blended family. I have, three children myself, and my partner has one child. So there's four between us and then two other parents. Mm -hmm. Um, My partner and I have been together for about 10 years. We have um, one of those children in common. who's little, she's two. Um, And we've just (laughs) been struggling so much lately. Mm -hmm. And I am wondering... I guess what is coming up from my past especially in my relationship with my partner I'm feeling so triggered at times mm-hmm. and sometimes with my my son too not all of my children but my son I get a little bit triggered so I've been doing a lot of work and digging around and trying to figure out and I've gotten little bits and pieces but mostly I'm looking for clarity and I'm looking to build
0: more Harmony. Yeah. <laughs> my, my home. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I hear you. So what, if you can give me an example, what is really triggering? What's really hard? And, and PS, let me just interject. Collectively, it's just kind of hard right now. Well, so many people are are either struggling or just under a lot of stress or stuff's coming up. It seems like a time collectively where things just aren't super easy right now. So you're not alone. I just want to tell you that like this is a very common thing i'm hearing from lots of people um but again this is your experience so we're going to focus on that so can you give me some examples of what is so hard or what is so triggering
1: well you know it seems like little things when they start it always kind of blows up into the same type of energetic so for example this morning I was playing a game with my little one, my two year old, and my partner said something that was nice, but it was something like, Oh, I usually do it this way with her.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And like, but before he even really got it out, I was just kind of, I kind of like snapped and was like, I don't want to hear that right now. Just don't tell me what to do, kind of a a feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't think I said that right away, but I was. Just really in a triggered space quickly and then he got into a triggered space quickly and we just weren't coming from compassion with each other or understanding and things were tense and I mean we kind of like diffused it after a little bit of time because the little one was there but there have been so many times where we start getting tense with each other and the kids are around and that adds to their feelings and their reactions of course Mm
0: -hmm. and it feels Terrible, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there Mm -hmm. anything between you and your partner that how long have you been together? Um, about 10 years. 10 years. Anything that feels like an old grievance, something that was brushed under the rug, something that you guys kind of got through but never really healed from?
1: Gosh, probably a lot.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've
1: been through a lot. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, we had like mold issues in three separate houses Mm -hmm. and had to abruptly leave. So, I mean, that spans back to the beginning, really. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there's a lot of like just kind of scrambling and homelessness at times and living in hotels. And this just kind of went on for years. And the mold especially affected my partner He's I'm a little bit more used to it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I grew up in this environment on the East Coast. He's from the west coast. so but it affected his mood. Mm-hmm. and he reacted a few times, especially early on in our relationship in ways that were like especially harsh and difficult. And we've talked about it and worked through some things. But it, I don't think everything is like fully healed, I Mm -hmm. guess. And, and the kids are involved in this to a certain degree too. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So inside of you, what are Mm -hmm. you still carrying anger or sadness about directly towards him, not about the mold, but directly towards him in ways he's behaved? I think like the harshness
1: I've seen from Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. and like he goes into anger easily or I shouldn't say easily is that's more like his inclination. If he's feeling triggered, Mm -hmm. mine is, um, Mm -hmm. usually tends to be like running away and usually like fighting at first and then running away. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And who does that remind you of that quick to react, quick to anger, harshness? Hmm. Well, my stepped out a little bit, Mm
1: -hmm. um, Yeah. And honestly, like a lot of men that I've interacted with.
0: Yeah. And is anything that's difficult for you with your son, does it have to do with his reactivity at all? Mm Yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think a lot of the issues that come up in the family are power dynamics. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them have, like, when I get triggered, it's there's usually anger involved or reactivity that's like, uh, I don't know, more like, uh, harsh or explosive or just From like, the men.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So, and what, where's
1: your biological dad? He's around. He, um, I'll just say my, my stepdad passed when mm-hmm. I was, um, 12. Okay. Um, my dad and my mother divorced when I was one. My okay relationship with my dad is okay, but I've sort of never really, I mean, he wasn't around a lot, but he was always pleasant. Mm -hmm. He's never really reacted in Mm -hmm. anger
0: ever towards Mm me. But who did you spend more time around, dad or stepdad growing up? Probably stepdad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So just, let's just free flow Just say the first thing that comes to your mind when I say something. Just complete this sentence. Men are? (laughs) Frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel safe around men sometimes because? Um, They get angry. Mm. And when they get angry, I feel? Scared. Mm -hmm. And when I get really scared, then? I run away.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because that's probably the only place I feel safe, huh? Yeah. 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 So can you see that there's obviously some wounding here with the masculine? There's the expectation (laughs) that they're going to be reactive. Mm. And then there's how you respond to their reactivity. So you become small. Mm. You become scared. You become a little girl. Basically. And yeah. so, what your, you know, one one of I think your lessons here opportunities is to learn how to be with that reactivity, but not have it hurt you, not have it scare you, not personalize mm. it, and be able to stand yeah. there in your healthy feminine, and kind of go, mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this. Or with compassion, say, I hear you, take a breath. Or can you bring that down a little bit? But because when he gets reactive or even your son, you time travel, it reinforces your story that men mm-hmm. can't handle their anger. And it's so frustrating to you because you're like, why can't you just talk calmly? This would get <laughs> be so much easier to resolve if you just were talking calmly to me but then it also triggers the fear. And so you just become very disempowered. And I think Mm -hmm. that's created a bit of resentment in your relationship Mm
1: -hmm. because,
0: because of his reactivity, I think you feel like he has more power at Mm -hmm. times. So you're in a bit of a power struggle.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And that's not fun in relationship. No, (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. is an intimacy killer. Yeah. So part of your healing, and I can personally relate to this because I'm with a Greek, Italian, hot-headed Aussie (laughs) as my husband. (laughs) And he is reactive. He's very calm in emergencies. Like when we were in California and there was an earthquake, or if something happens to me physically, he's very, very calm. But if he misses a turn or drop something and accidentally breaks it or screws up a time. It's like, oh, it's like you would have thought something terrible happened. He can just get so (laughs) reactive. And I used to get, I'd cry, I'd get really small, I, or I'd get really angry inside or I'd withdraw. And he was in his unhealthy, we could say masculine. He was in that unhealthy expression. And I'd go into my unhealthy feminine, that more victim kind of Mm -hmm. behavior. Or the unhealthy feminine of like judging, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you're wrong. You're so immature, whatever. And so, and quite frankly, I get scared too, because it'd be big feelings, loud voices, those kinds of things. And it would be jarring because it's, it doesn't feel good to be around someone who's explosive or reactive. And I have a feeling sometimes your husband can be a little explosive, not violent, but explosive. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. 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 And it doesn't feel good. It's hard on the nervous system. Right. And so, but what the opportunity is in that moment, what I've had to learn to do is to stay in my adult self, reassure my little girl, stay in my adult self and just stay calm when he's reacting and not let it phase me and use that opportunity to call him forward, to ask him to, you know, bring it down or however I want to say it, or to just kind of watch it, shrug it off like it's amusing, leave the room, and then later speak about it and say, hey, when you reacted like this, this is how it felt for me. Would you be willing to, you know, whatever, whatever my request is? Is this making sense what I'm saying so far? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And can you see how, as a child, you didn't have a lot of power? Mm-hmm. You didn't really have much of a voice. Yeah, yeah. Tell me how you see that.
1: You know, there was something just coming up for me, and I think it's like fading now, but I was like just in that place a so little a second. But going back, I'm thinking about kind of like my, my gifts when I was younger and how I was, uh, invalidated a lot. And like, I feel that present with all Mm -hmm. of this too. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had the power to, to speak up about, not just about like my sometimes like psychic messages or things that I was seeing, but also just my, my thoughts and my emotions. Right.
0: Um, right. So this is huge. So you've drawn someone in who is creating similar feelings of not really feeling safe all the time to speak up, feeling like his big feelings trump yours. And like, you're just so frustrated, you don't even want to deal. So you just kind of um, keep things inside, but then you might explode once things stack up enough, but your kind of coping strategy is to just sort of keep it in right? Because yeah. you weren't given that permission and encouragement to to use your voice and to speak up and to have your needs met. So right, right. as relationships do, they offer us this incredible opportunity for healing and you're really finding your voice and your boundaries in relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're really finding a place where you can get your needs met. And speak up for yourself and also not tolerate super reactive behavior. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does. I there's this thing that I struggle with. Do you mind if I of ask? Of course. Thanks. So I notice that when I get into like an argument with my partner, I mean I've been able to work out so much more and I express myself so much more than I used to, but Sometimes I'll get to the space where I'm feeling triggered and I know that I could like uh, stop the argument Mm -hmm. by using some of the skills that I've learned, um, like like reflective listening or Mm -hmm. making sure that he feels understood. And sometimes I get kind of blocked, right? Even though I know that would make things a lot better, Mm -hmm. I feel I have a hard time doing it. I mean, one, because I'm usually triggered (laughs) in those moments. Mm -hmm. And there's this other thing of, uh, I mean, not feeling like my needs were a priority. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, there's this, after my stepfather died, I have a younger brother. um, And he was only four when my stepfather died. And things kind of fell apart. And I, especially, I mean, I was already like a very, kind of responsible, caring, kind of help out kind of a, a, a child. Yeah. Uh, but that just, you know, like totally increased, you know, like yeah. my mom fell apart for a while and I was taking care of my brother. And then my brother was kind of like, I mean, he was having a really, really hard time. He went away for a little while, so yeah. he needed all the attention. So, I mean, it was his mm-hmm. biological dad as well. Right. So right my needs weren't prioritized and, and I still have a hard time. Like in the moments where these arguments come up, I feel like I'm giving something up that I yeah. have been trying not to for so long.
0: What do you feel like you're giving um, up? My voice and yeah. my needs.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is, and you're connecting a lot of dots. here. Are you starting to get some clarity around this?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, Building more and more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So dad left, right, or not left, but mom and dad divorced. Stepdad comes. He was kind of explosive. Mom probably didn't protect you from that as much as you would have liked. Then stepdad dies and you become surrogate parent to brother. And Mm -hmm. there's just just like, where is Angela in all this? Like, yeah. Who's (laughs) taking care of her? Like when I tap into your little girl. I just see her just wanting to scream, like, listen to me, see me, somebody like have a clue about what the F I need. Not that a little girl would say what the F, but you know, (laughs) that's, that's what I feel like just this frustration of I'm not that complicated people, but like, see me, (laughs) love me. Stop being a jerk. Do you feel that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also like patterns in my mother's side of the family, especially about like avoiding conflict. Yeah. And if anything is tense, they just kind of like totally don't want to look right. at it or talk about it.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So that's another pattern that you're breaking. So you've got the kind of freeze and getting scared, being disempowered. You've got the, let's just like look away and pretend it didn't happen. Cause I want to avoid conflict, mm-hmm. all that going. So to me, The healing opportunity is twofold, you know, really helping little Angela feel like it's safe for her to have a voice and she can stand up for herself and she can say what's okay and what's not okay. You know, Steph and I have a phrase in our relationship when either one of us goes into a way of being or talking to the other that violates our agreements of how we want to be with each other, we say we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Not you're doing something wrong or whatever. We say we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of our code to call each other out. And so for you, it it and it may be messy in the beginning because you're learning this, like the next time he's reactive or something like that, you just saying, stop it. Like, stop. This is making me feel whatever, however you want to say it, like just to practice using your voice a little bit and get you out of that freeze pattern. We have gotten there. I Great. Mean,
1: yeah. I am I mean, it's gotten so painful that I kind of feel like I have to say something. It's just it's just rocky, you know, the yes. times.
0: Yes, yes. So I think this conversation will help a little bit because probably the missing piece and why it's so rocky and why you forget the tools is because you time travel. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're yeah. present day age, but then the little girl comes in. And so- you're not as equipped. And the more you talk to her and kind of like, I'm going to take care of us. I'm going to stand up for us. I'm going to get our power back. This is our partner. We love him. He loves us. He just gets angry sometimes, you know, and Mm -hmm. the more she feels like you got it, the less you'll time travel. And the, the more you'll be able to be in your present day, however old you are adult self and be able to respond in ways. And I don't know what kind of communication you have with your partner now, but you may sit down with him. may even want to play this episode and have a conversation around, because I have a feeling he doesn't want to be reactive. You know, I know Steph doesn't love being reactive. Like, and he may even feel shame after he does it. Maybe he has expressed that to you. Maybe he hasn't, but I have a feeling if I could have him here in front of me and, and break it down with him, he probably would want to shift this. Would you agree? A long pause. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I, I think
0: yes. Um, uh-huh. What makes yeah. you think no?
1: It seems like he's really hazed at times and he doesn't think there's a problem
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. at times, you know, but that's, that's usually when he's triggered as well.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say, even if he sometimes seems like he doesn't want to change this. Being a reactive person means that there's some anger and frustration that's living inside of him that I'm sure he'd like to be clear of. And I'm sure he'd like to be more calm. So maybe there's a conversation you can have about, you know, this is what happens when you get reactive. It's what happens inside of me. I'd like to find a way to communicate to you what's happening inside of me in the moment so that I don't continue building resentment and see if you guys can talk through, because it's so much easier to talk through a strategy of how to deal with something when you're not both triggered. Yeah. Do you think he'd be open to that?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think so too.
0: I think so too, because, and I don't know what level of mold toxicity he has that can really mess with your brain. So there's, there's that element to it as well. And I think just for now, the clarity I can offer you and that you know we've really discovered together here is about like you really never feeling like you had a voice and that you could be heard and just feeling like men are reactive and frustrating and feeling just really disempowered and like you can't fight that. Like your options are just to kind of withdraw pull away, run, freeze, get scared, and then build resentment internally. So, this is the, the the healing is really about you finding your voice and finding your power and learning how to be with that explosive reactive behavior to the point where it doesn't create a trauma response in you. And again, a trauma response is when the nervous system doesn't feel safe, which yeah. you've expressed So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to take your own inner work and also some conversations with your partner because that's part of you speaking up and getting needs met is telling him how this affects you and, and owning that it's building resentment and you don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How does this feel? (sighs) Relieving. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And there's, there's more layers to it probably, but I think we got the biggest one. Yeah. I think as you do the, do this, like more, more will be revealed. And you know, it's, Mm. it's so toxic for a relationship, especially with kids or just, just really any relationship to sweep stuff under the rug and have resentment that's just collecting. And then every time it happens again, it's just, you just collect more evidence as to why he is the way he is and it just stacks Mm -hmm. it. So we definitely don't want to have grievances, unspoken things, resentment building in relationship because it will just pull you farther and farther apart and create more struggle inside the relationship and in your life in general. Because if you think about mold, it's this unseen toxic thing and you guys keep going into houses with mold. Yeah. (laughs) So no more keeping things hidden, keeping things inside. You guys got to bring things out into the open Mm -hmm. so you can heal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So thank you, Angela, for such an important question. I think this question and this topic is going to resonate with so many people. So as you heard, Angela was struggling with her family, especially her relationship with her partner and sometimes her son, and she was looking for clarity about how to build more harmony. So one of the examples she gave is that she felt like her partner was kind of micromanaging her. She snapped quickly, got into a triggered place, and that's just a pattern getting triggered easily. Now, to me, that immediately is an indication of stuff brushed under the rug, unresolved, built-up grievances in a relationship. You know that you've got some baggage, some stored up stuff, some unresolved stuff, (laughs) stuff, such a technical term, when your level of reactivity doesn't necessarily match the situation. So if you're quick to get triggered, if you're quick to get reactive, or you're quick to get hurt, or you're quick to withdraw... And the situation doesn't necessarily warrant for that, but you're noticing it happening a lot. It's usually an indicator that you've been holding some stuff in. So that's what's happening with Angela is that, well, it's one of the things, is that there's this toxicity building in their relationship that's never really been dealt with, that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's why there's so much reactivity and frustration and why she often withdraws and feels like her needs aren't being met. I mean, you heard the patterns. And I thought it was interesting that, and I'm not necessarily making a cause and effect association, but I thought it was interesting that they've dealt with mold more than once (laughs) because what's mold? It's this unseen toxic thing that just festers and grows and becomes more and more toxic if you don't do anything about it. And that's what unspoken unresolved grievances and resentments due in relationship, romantic or otherwise. It is like yucky black mold growing on the inside of your relationship. That's just sickening the relationship over time. So it's so important that Angela deals with this both inside herself and with her partner. So his harshness, his quick to respond that reminded her of stepdad and just really men in general brings out that little girl in her who just wants to run. Just gets scared and wants to run. So that's what happens in the moment, but in other moments she just gets triggered and snaps back because again that's like the mold, right? Getting too too much or it's like when a tea kettle has been on the stove for a while, when it gets hot enough it makes a really loud sound. So it's it doesn't surprise me that she flip-flops between, you know, running and retracting and and snapping at him. Bottom line, and you heard this in the coaching session, when he is harsh, he gets angry. She becomes a little girl. She becomes small. She time travels, which is why she can't use the tools that she knows of. Maybe she knows NBC or knows she knows reflective listening or whatever it is because she's not 37 or however old she is. She's seven and a seven-year-old doesn't know how to practice nonviolent communication or perception checking, reflective listening. She's that little girl. And then it reinforces the story that men are scary And she's back in that place of feeling disempowered. So she's got to learn how to be with that reactivity, not personalize it, so that she can really, again, stand in her power. Remember what I said in the intro. And if you didn't listen to the intro, but when I was talking about power and empowerment, please do, because I really want you to be clear on what I mean when I'm saying standing in our power. When she's in her power, she has her voice, she's her adult self, and she's not doing what she learned from her mom, which is to avoid conflict. So big feelings, big reactivity, like the kind her partner had and her stepdad had and any other men in her life are very scary to internalizers and often highly sensitive people and highly sensitive children are internalizers because when big feelings come at them, it just rattles the nervous system and we just kind of internalize things. The other thing that I've noticed as an empath and as an HSP, a highly sensitive person is that we often have these really intuitive gifts growing up. And Angela even hinted at that, that she would have these psychic knowings or she'd have these gifts and those were repressed because her needs just weren't met and she didn't feel like she had the power to speak up. So internalizing stuff, brushing stuff under the rug, letting the mold grow in relationship completely suppresses our intuitive gifts. Why? Because the nervous system doesn't feel safe. We're spending so much time and energy suppressing. You can't suppress, you can't choose what you want to suppress. (laughs) You can't suppress your big feelings, your grievances, your resentments, your voice, your truth, and expect your intuitive gifts just to open up and totally be expressed. When you suppress anything, you're suppressing everything. So I think when Angela really finds her voice and works with her little girl, she's also going to notice a lot of her gifts open back up as well. So some takeaways for you. Get out of that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, fawn or appease. So you don't time travel in highly reactive situations so you can respond as an adult and be in your power. And then also maybe try the thing that Steph and I do. I gave Angela the tip of having a conversation with her partner in a calm place and coming to the agreement when you or your partner sees the other one doing something that you've agreed upon you're not going to do in the relationship instead of saying you're being reactive or don't do that or whatever say hey we don't do this we don't talk to each other that way you know when when I get controlling or reactive or Steph gets explosive or reactive what we'll say to each other is hey we don't talk to each other like that or hey we don't we don't do that and pull each other out of of that pattern because it's just patterning And then like, look at, is there anything we've slipped under the rug that we need to talk about so we can stop freaking snapping at each other (laughs) because we're snapping at each other over the dishes, but it's never about the dishes. What is it really about? Lift up the rug, break through the wall, find the mold and deal with it. Don't let it keep growing. It's toxic. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time.